0: girls, and science. There tends to be a really complex relationship between those two things. Today's guest is a chemistry teacher from Kentucky who helps us unpack that topic a little bit. Carly Baldwin is a National Board Certified Teacher who spends her days teaching chemistry in Ashland, Kentucky. She's also worked with the Kentucky Department of Education and has won the Presidential Award for Excellence in Math and Science. She's going to talk to us about the language we use, the access to materials that our girls have, and how we can curate and cultivate curiosity with our kids. Welcome to The Core. Today we're digging into this topic of Girls in Science. Hello and welcome to The Core. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Allen, the owner-operator of The Community Classroom, a tutoring and academic coaching center in Florence, Massachusetts that serves students in Western Massachusetts and nationwide. I'm also the 2010 Florida Teacher of the Year, an education nerd, the stepmom to four teens and mama of one toddler, a runner, a lover of dad jokes, and an educator for almost 20 years. In this podcast, we will answer parent questions about education and learning. Hello and welcome to The Core. I am super excited to introduce our guest expert today. Uh, she is a fellow science nerd, so I just can't wait to like <laughs> dig into this Uh Um, I'd like to introduce to you all Carly Baldwin. She is a national board certified teacher. And something that we found out that we both have in common is that um, she's a second generation teacher and her mom was a math teacher, which is really interesting because my mom was a science teacher and we both love science and math. And so I wonder how that kind of plays into this (laughs) parent conversation and this parent question we have today. Um, So Carly, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, I love nerding out about
1: science and also just science education as a whole. And so I'm really excited to jump in.
0: All right, Carly. Well, let's do just that. Um, So we have a question from a parent of a fifth grade girl. And the question was that um, my daughter used to love science And now she says that she hates it. What Mm. is going on with our Mm. girls and science? So Mm. first of all, um, there's so much to unpack (laughs) there, but why, why do you feel like this question is important?
1: So I think that this question is important because um, I, I see it every day in my classroom and I also see it played out in our workforce and without representation, and I think we'll touch on this a little bit later, without female scientists, I don't see this problem getting any better. uh, Because I think seeing people like you in the field that you want to go in is so incredibly important. And so if we don't work on this now, I think we're always going to have this problem and it's going to be compounded.
0: Yeah. We're getting real big, real fast here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Carly, what, what do you think is going on here? Why, why is this fifth grader, you know, know, again, we're just kind of hypothesizing, right? To use a science term, but why, what happened with this fifth grader who used to love science and now she's not so much, what might be going on? So I think that there has been a lot of research
1: uh, happening in the language we use when we talk to students in general about science. And I think math plays into this as well. So, you know, looking at that STEM field Uh, and some of the research that is super interesting currently is the question between are students um, doing science or students being a scientist? And when um, boys are presented with a, with a problem and say, let's be a scientist to figure this out, or let's do science to figure this out. Either way, either scenario seems to be successful for those children. However, when that is presented to girls, um, let's be a scientist or let's do science. Um, a lot of the girls find more success in the, in the let's do science. And I think that goes back to when they envision what a scientist is, uh, they draw <laughs> Einstein, basically. <laughs> they draw a, a man with crazy hair and beakers and a lab coat. Uh, but generally speaking, most of the time, those pictures are male. And so I think when they are presented with a question of let's be a scientist, they don't think they can do that because they don't know what that looks like in their context.
0: Wow. So that mirrors a lot of what I have been reading about this idea of environment Mm-hmm. And how it's not ability, but it's things around them in their environment, and and like you were mentioning, just the words that are they're using, the way that they visualize uh, scientists, and how that mm-hmm. kind of impacts um, how they think about themselves mm-hmm. as a, as a scientist, as someone who can do science versus be a scientist, right.
1: Uh, And I also have found that in my own classroom. So uh, when I do a lot of um, STEM building challenges or a lot of design kind of challenges, and when I do those, I actually find that my female students excel and, and even maybe outpace the boys. Uh, and I don't know if that's the design aspect or they find that it's more, um, they have more representation of creating things. Uh, but then when the test comes in or when it's more multiple choice based, that's when I find the gender deficit really hits home.
0: Carly, unpack that a little bit for us. What do you think's going on there?
1: So I. And I've, it, it's more antidotal. So uh, it's very interesting. I was doing a unit on uh, trying to save a little ice cube penguin, and they had to build a home uh, that this ice cube penguin would survive in a hot pot. And we weighed how much of the ice cube was left over. Uh, and when I did that, uh, like I said, the the boys were really like boisterous and competitive and and the girls tended to be more quiet and reserved, except at the end <laughs> when their, you know results really paid off. And so I find that um, often girls have more exposure to, arts and crafts or, um, to Pinterest like activities. And so I feel like, um, that when it's a little bit removed from the math, maybe of science or a little bit removed from that assessment part of science, and they can just do it, uh, then that gender gap isn't as recognizable. Um, but I think when that stereotype of, oh, I'm not good at this comes in. And I think when the rubber meets the road of assessment uh, and and it's like a traditional pen and paper, multiple choice question assessment, I think that's when that stereotype really kicks in and hits home.
0: So let's dig into this idea a little bit of self-concept and Mm. confidence and how that forms in our young girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was reading an OECD study about uh, looking at performance of 15-year-old girls across the United States and beyond, so across the world. And what they found was that 15-year-old girls outperform boys in science Mm -hmm. In all countries except for three the United States, Canada, and the UK. And this was really similar to PISA results for math. Um, And the US Department of Education, in relation to this study, was saying that girls who have a strong self concept of their abilities Mm -hmm. in math and science perform better. So there's this strong relationship between their self concept and I can do this and how they perform. What are your thoughts on that and what lessons can parents take from it? Absolutely. So uh,
1: another term that has been really up and coming and and probably existing for a while is that whole growth mindset. And I think that self-confidence, that growth mindset uh, is definitely something that can be innate, but it's also very much taught. And so if the environment exists in which failure Is an option, and in which failure is um, not only an option but the way to to continue learning and actually be more successful in learning. Uh, I think that that uh, is key. So going back to like that whole second generation teacher, that second generation uh, love of math, right? Uh, I never experienced a parent saying, "Oh, I'm not good at math." so I can't do that. Uh, Often, I find my students repeating that language in my class. Oh, well, my mom's not good at science, so I'm not good at science. So they take that genetic kind of learning and they kind of invert it into this fixed mindset thing. And so I really think that a narrative in the home that needs to continue is that growth mindset of well, I struggled in math, but let's see what we can do. Or or I really had to work hard at that, but then I was successful at X, Y, and Z. So I think that positive mindset, that growth mindset, that that narrative in the home, uh, to really be careful with what language you're using with your child uh, will be helpful um, going on into higher fields of science and math.
0: I have so many thoughts swirling through my head right now. One is either, I can't remember if it's Cheryl Strayed or Glennon Doyle, who says, this is going to be hard and we can do hard things Mm -hmm. like that whole idea of that mindset to how that plays in. And this is just anecdotal too. But when I taught fourth grade, I feel like a lot of the girls in my fourth grade class had this perfectionism, Mm. this like thing that they were always striving for, which doesn't always play nice with the idea of failure is okay. Um, and again, that's just anecdotal, but something I think about, and then I think about how am I modeling that as a mom in my Mm -hmm. own home to my two-year-old, daughter or my 17 year old stepdaughter, like, what am I saying about my perfectionism that's causing Mm -hmm. them to think that failure might not be okay. And how does that impact how they think about themselves as a mathematician or as a scientist? Right. Um, and then I start thinking about all these other environmental things like the language we use in a home mm. that can affect our girl's ability to do science to be a scientist. Um and even with my 2-year-old I think about the access to toys. Mm. Like is oh, she yeah. playing with is she playing with Legos? Is she building things? Is she creating things or am I just putting baby dolls in front of her and what's that mm-hmm. going to do to her? her self concept as she grows um think about like color coding in the home like yeah. Like the pink and, and Legos. Clothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And clothing yeah. Choices. You know, why do boys get to have dinosaurs and astronauts on their clothing versus girls just get flowers
0: and princesses, you know? Yes. I just <laughs> took my two seven-year-old nieces shopping at Marshall's, not to throw shade on Marshall's, but we were in the girls section. And after a while, like Emmy looks at me and she says, I'm looking for something with dinosaurs. Can we go to the boys section? And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. to myself, we should not have to go to a boys section to find this child, something with science on it that gets her all excited about learning. Like she loves dinosaurs. Those are her passion. Um, And not all places are like that. But I, I wonder, like, what are other things we can think about as parents that we can do to impact and create like the ideal environment for our young girls to help them kind of bloom and blossom. So we talked about like access to toys, right? We talked about like what's on their clothing and colors, but what else can we do? I think it's also
1: that representation of what a scientist is. So I strongly would recommend any kind of programming, uh, any kind of PBS shows that really highlight that women... Uh, that woman in science. Um, I know Skype a scientist is really big in in the high school classroom. Uh, I think Nepris is also another um, career based thing where you can request like women in the field to to make those presentations. And I know that's more teacher based. Um, but i I'm sure that there are more resources where, uh, more books where we can be reading and and our girls can see uh, what a woman scientist looks like in, in the field.
0: I love that. And we'll make sure uh, for our listeners, we'll put a lot of those in the program notes so you'll have access mm-hmm. to them. So making sure that our young girls have these like super amazing, intelligent, Delicious role models in front of them. Yes. So they're just inundated. Uh, we were watching again with my two-year-old. Um, I was watching Daniel Tiger with her the other day. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Tiger's mom is a contractor um, oh. or does something like in the like the building field. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, women, math, science. I love that the show integrated that. Um, I was thinking too about this idea of like how a scientist thinks. Mm-hmm. And you know, making sure that we never tell our kids an answer to something, but help them develop the mindset to find, to be curious and then find an answer. Yes.
1: Um, I also, so I feel like the field of science education is definitely moving in that direction, right? It's definitely moving in the inquiry phenomenon based direction, but I definitely think that parents can support that entirely, uh, at home. And, and here's the thing. The best part is if you don't know an answer, that's even better. Right. Right. (laughs) I think so many times parents are nervous about introducing things because they don't know the, the answer. They don't know the right way to do it. And that's almost better because then you can research and model that inquiry process together. And, and that, you know, wonder is really, um, part of your family culture. And so I think that I would encourage parents to, to step away from that. Also perfectionist of, well, let's not research that. Cause I don't know if that's right or wrong, uh, instead to really be like, okay, well
0: let's look it up. How can we figure that out together? Could you imagine that as a dinner conversation, like a daily dinner conversation question stem? Mm -hmm. What were you wondering about today? What are you curious about and how could we learn more? Um, yes. that's like a nightly dinner question. I think I am going to integrate that. Um, I'm sure the teenagers will love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But also I think they will also love the, you know, I was wondering this. Could you figure that out for me? Like as a yeah. parent, you know, modeling that and then have this have the teenager work on their research skills. Cause men do they need
0: that. <laughs> we all do, right? We can we all we have all room do. for growth there. Um yes. I was thinking too of something that we could do as parents in the home is just thinking about what resources or games our kids have access Mm. to and what's that, what those are telling them, um, subconsciously about Mm -hmm. who they are and what they might enjoy. Um, any suggestions for things we could have around the house that will help our kids develop our young girls develop this scientific mindset?
1: So I think you you mentioned obviously any kind of building set so Legos connects um, magnets oh my goodness magnets are super cool um, and I find that even my teenagers at in my classroom love those um, I also think there's a bunch of card games out that have in of embraced the science nerd so there's one like flux i think is a card game that has some science um into it but also there's a lot more of those um breakout room boxes, like the escape rooms at home. And those with the, with that growth mindset is huge because that really puts those kids in a, that disequilibrium where they don't know the right answer and neither do you. And so you really have to like hone in on those problem solving skills. And I think that is at the heart of science.
0: I love that. Um, yeah, this idea of we don't know the answer, we don't know what's gonna happen. We have mm-hmm. to kind of muddle through it, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of Absolutely. learning. It's never this linear thing, it's always circuitous <laughs> and messy. And sometimes yes. we go right back to the beginning because we haven't landed mm-hmm. on the right solution. Right. <laughs> um, I'm also thinking about like building inventions, just going through the recycling. Like, can what's a problem we have in our house? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's dirty diapers. Maybe it's that your child can't reach the cookies on the top shelf. Mm. And how can we build an invention to help us find solutions to those problems? Yeah. And I
1: think even stepping away from that rote scientific method, and I think most curriculums have kind of pulled away from that because I think the scientific method kind of it's trying to say that there's always going to be an answer or that science is always in this linear method. And I think instead of just more than that, really doing it, that design thinking loop, I think is, is a better way to help your child
0: again, go through that process. Love that. Um, this idea of design thinking and curiosity versus just the scientific method, nothing wrong with the scientific method (laughs) is so much more. Absolutely.
1: And Um, I think, uh, most scientists in the field would say that as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So another thing getting, so we've gotten micro to like things in our house. I want to get macro to kind of end our conversation and just kind of hear your thoughts, um, Mm about this kind of piece of research that I read, but that countries with the poorest degrees of gender equality Mm -hmm. have the widest gaps in math and science performance with young girls. Mm -hmm. Right? That one just kind of like takes your breath away and makes your heart hurt a little bit. Um, Thoughts on how you might see that mirrored in your classroom or your perspective as an educator?
1: Sure. And I, again, I think it all goes back to representation. So if the only women you see are moms and um, stay at home, homemakers, not saying that that's bad, but if that is your only exposure to what women do when they grow up, then I think you have that script of assumption that that is what your role is. And so I think, again, the more that we can expose women, you know, young girls to a wide variety of options that women can do all of these things. And here are four examples of women doing that in Uh, chemical engineering, in uh, architecture, in, you know, higher level mathematics. I think the more representation we have, um, and I think our job as educators is to do that in the classroom, is to have that exposure for our students.
0: I love it. And then our job as parents, in order to support what you're doing as educators, is to think about what we're modeling at home, Um, think about what our children have access to and what message that's sending them. Um, think about who's in front of our kids and what they're seeing and what resources they have in front of them uh, and and how that's affecting who our kids think they can or can't be. Um, also and, want to say and that... There-
1: Internal monologue. I think, uh, how many times do I hear my mom in my head as I'm doing whatever? So I think the more that parents can curate that I can attitude, that growth mindset, internal monologue is super important.
0: Also want to send a shout out to some of the stay at home moms that I've seen that homeschool their kids that are amazing science educators and science thinkers. So, yes, um, absolutely setting, setting a great model for all of us. All right, Carly final thoughts or advice or homework mm-hmm. for parents and caregivers.
1: I, I think again, uh, reiterating that language is super important uh, that representation is super important, and just the, curating that curiosity is key. And so, and do not be afraid to not know the answer.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Carly. I feel like you gave us such awesome things to think about. Um, and I'm going to go shopping for some of those g- great. Like, <laughs> construction toys for my two-year-old now, right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely. headed straight to Amazon. Um, no, Amazon <laughs> does not sponsor this content or this no. program. <laughs> All, right, All right. So thank you for listening and being with us. We'll put uh, links to resources and research in our program notes. And thanks so much to Carly Baldwin uh, for joining okay. us today and sharing her expertise in go science. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Bye Carly.